to go in your Bibles, um, turn them on, don't turn off the live stream, but if you got it, you need two devices, Romans chapter 12. We're going to start a uh, series uh, on, uh, that I'm calling the Great Reset, the Great Reset. Uh, Romans chapter 12, I love this chapter in scripture, but I'm going to read to you verse 2, it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. But be transformed. That's probably pretty good right there. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is probably one of the most clear illustrations of how to transform your life in all of Scripture. It says don't conform, and this is how you transform. You transform by the renewing of your mind mind. And then you'll be able to test and to approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Anybody ever had a hard time finding out what God's will is? I mean, everybody has some difficulty with decisions on, is this you, God? This scripture, in one verse, it says, this is how you know. This is how you know his pleasing. This is how you know his perfect will will. Do not be conformed to the pattern or to the form or to the culture or to the news or to negativity or to what's popular or to what other people, but be transformed by the renewing of your, of your mind. I don't, I don't know if we even realize how powerful our minds are. Our thoughts, what we think about, how we think, A.W. Tozer says the most powerful thing about us is the thoughts that we think about God. Romans chapter 12 verse 2 is one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible for a couple different reasons. One is, like I said, the clear illustration in how to have your life transformed. I mean like crystal clear illustration, how you can transform your life. If you look up this scripture and you study it, Romans chapter 12, it, 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 this is the picture that Romans chapter 12, verse 2 has. It has the picture of you walking through a field, like consistently, every day, you're walking through the field, and you're creating a pathway. Scientists will tell you, doctors will tell you that you create by your thinking neurological pathways. This is, this is the pathway of least resistance. Your, your brain is a computer, and you program it by the way that you think and by the choices that you make. And as you walk the same path every single day, you create neurological pathways in your mind. The picture in Romans 12, 2 is of these pathways that have been formed towards whatever you're thinking. Negativity, towards uh, your past, towards what's happened to you, towards what's unfair. He says, I want you to be transformed by the renewing. The picture of renewing is that somebody went in that field and completely erased every path and made it brand new for you to form new pathways. So this is how you're transformed by the renewing of your mind, by making your neurological pathways brand new so that you can choose now the pathways that you forge. We're transformed by the renewing of our mind. We are all a product of our choices. Our life, our destiny, what we like and what we don't like are a product of the choices that we've made. 
Does that make sense? We, what we choose, when we choose it, that creates a response. The life I live right now is a result of the choices that I've made. If I want to see transformation in my life, I have to see transformation in my thinking. Right now we're in the middle of a global pandemic. Fear is at an all-time high. Anxiety is at an all-time high. Uncertainty is at an all-time high. All over the place, we are dealt, we are, we, we, we are experiencing, we are walking through different types of fears. And in history, we've been through difficult times before. It's not the first time America's ever been through a difficult time or a difficult season. In fact, some of our parents would tell us we've been through the Great Depression. Most of you remember there was the Great Recession, 2008, the Great Recession. Now people are calling what we're going through right now, they're saying it might go down in history as the Great Pause. A pause. It's where all time stopped. We all stopped working. We all stopped shaking hands. We all stopped giving hugs. We all stayed home. Schools didn't meet. Can you imagine telling our kids about this in the future? No, there was a time where the entire world stopped. I mean, we didn't go to work. We didn't go to school. You know what? When we tell our kids about it, they're going to laugh and they're going to say, that sounds amazing. Right? Because if you talk about it without the fear, it actually sounds nice. An eight-week vacation? I mean, some of us were complaining about going to work before the great pause ever happened. Now we can go to work and we're complaining You know what, I think that sometimes we just don't like wherever we're at. We find something wrong with whatever situation that we find ourselves in. And and, and we're trying to call this the great pause, but I want to propose something to you. The problem with a pause is that when you unpause it, it picks up where you left off. And I think that we have been afforded a possibility and an opportunity in 2020. To not just pick up where we left off, but to create or to be transformed by the renewing of our minds and to choose a different pathway than the pathway that we were on. If you didn't like your life before, don't unpause it and go back to the life you had. If you didn't like your thinking before, don't unpause life and go back to the thinking that you had before. If you didn't like your marriage before... Got quiet on this internet live stream. Don't unpause it and go back to the marriage that you had before. If you didn't like your finances before they were paused, don't go back and do the same thing that you did before because doing the same things will yield the same results. What I want to propose, something entirely different. I want to propose not a pause, but a reset. I mean, an opportunity to completely reset. Say, I've had some time, I've had some weeks, I've had some months to think about it. I'm not going back to where I was. I am going to reset now my life. Now, now my boys, they, they love their Nintendo Switches, all right? And um, Nintendo Switch, they, they both have one, and they play it, and they've been playing lately Mario Deluxe which apparently is a difference between regular Mario. It's the next thing. It's probably just more expensive. 
Super Mario Brothers, you know? Like, everybody loves Super Mario Brothers, and, 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 and they can't read yet, right? So they, they, they learn by the pictures, by the logos, by the menu screens, like what it looks like. By they, by they look at it and decide what action they need to take. So where I would go to the menu and navigate to the answer that I want, if they can't get the desired action from the screen, all they do is jump up, run over, and reset it. And we were playing the other day, and they're clicking through the menu. They can't find what they want, so they click, they get up, click, reset. I'm like, why are you resetting the game? Like, for real, why are you resetting? Like, this is what Genesis told me. He says, Daddy, that's how you do it. So, well, that's not how you do it. There's a menu. You go to the menu. It says, gives you your list of options. You pick the option you want. And he says, no, this is faster. Reset. Reboots the entire game. And then we go back through it and all of that. But he doesn't know how to navigate the options. But he understands that a reset means that you now get to go back to where you were, but you get to choose a different action. See, that's the luxury of a reset, is that you get to go back to the same starting point, but you get to choose a different action. I believe what God has afforded us in this season is an opportunity for a reset. For you to take a hard, long look at your life and say, I like this and I don't like this, so I'm leaving that. I'm taking this and I'm choosing. choosing. That's really what it comes down to, is your life is what you choose. Your life is a combination of the choices that you make. If you, if you don't choose right, you, it will not end up right. You've got to make choices based on where you want to go in your life. Now, it, this, I don't know if you've ever had this happen before. Like you got some slow internet, right? Anybody have a slow internet problems? And this is, what, this is what my mom and dad used to say back in the day when the internet was really slow and you had all the chiming, you know, dial-up. And, uh, and, and if it was really slow, they would say, go reset the... Go reset the router, right? You want to reset it, try to get the speed back up. You know what I found a lot with resets is you get options. Reset to factory settings or reset to previous settings. And you know what I think a lot of us do? We spend our life resetting to previous settings, thinking that if we do the same thing the same way, we're going to get a different result. Hoping that if we do marriage the same way we've been doing it, it'll just end up better one day. If we raise our kids the same way we've been doing it, we'll all of a sudden get a different result. We're going to spend money the way we've always spent money, and somehow we're going to end up rich. We're gonna... If you want something different, you have to choose something. Now, I want to teach you something real quick. Hold on. When you were born into this life, you were born into sin. That's really important to understand is that I was born a sinner. Romans chapter 3 teaches us this. It says for all, how many? All have sinned and fall short. So when you were born, you were born with evil in your heart. Some of you more than others. Just joking. It's a joke. We were born with a bent towards wickedness, towards evil, towards self-gratification, towards temptation, towards compromise, we were born that way. But the Bible teaches us that whoever is in Christ, that means when I made a decision to serve Jesus, that means when I gave my life to him, 
This is seen in the story of Nicodemus when he comes to Jesus. He says, what must I do? Right? He has this conversation with Jesus. And Jesus says, you must be born again. Whoever is in Christ is a new creation. The old has now gone and the new has come. What is the new? The new are brand new factory settings. I am reset in a different way with a different mindset, with different capabilities, with different opportunities, with different power than what I had before. It is a resetting of my life. I was born into sin, but I was born again into Christ. And my factory settings have now been changed. So now when I reset, I am not resetting back to a sin nature. This is why Paul says that I die daily. What he's saying is I'm dying to the old factory settings and I'm coming alive to Christ in my new factory settings. How many people need some new factory settings? I'm coming alive to the new factory settings. So when you said yes to Jesus and you came into Christ, you got new factory settings, but the result that you've ended up with right now is a result of your choices. So I got the right settings, but I made the wrong choices. God gave me the the reset, but I still chose from the wrong settings that I that I had before. This this is how Galatians says it in chapter 6 verse 8. It says whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. We are a product of where we've sown. God gave us the opportunity for a reset, for us to think differently, act differently, be different. But if I consistently choose what my flesh desires, I will get results that I don't want. I have to change the way that I think. The only way to change your life is to change your mind. The only way to change your life is to change your mind. I have to be renewed and transformed in my mind, in in my thinking. Now, all that is a setup for where I want to spend the rest of our time. Joshua chapter 24 Verse 14, one of the most familiar scriptures in the entire Bible is Joshua chapter 24, verse 15. But I want to give you some context. Joshua chapter 24, verse 14, it says, Now fear the Lord, fear the Lord, and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worship beyond the Euphrates rivers and there in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. And Joshua says this, and this is what you've probably heard before. It's probably on your fridge as a magnet. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. That sounds like a choice to me. But as for me and my household, we will serve. I like how it's inclusive. We will. His wife and kids were like, really, Dad? 
Like, oh, we don't get to choose. He said, no, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I think choices are interesting because we, a lot of times we have this desired end in our mind, but our choices do not reflect it. So we want to have a great retirement, but we don't want to save for it. We want, we want to be out of debt, but we keep on spending on the credit card. We don't want to sin, but we kept on showing up in those places. We don't, want, we don't want to do something, but yet our choices don't reflect our goal. So let me help you with your choices. I want to help you with your choice. What you choose? He says choose. Choose today. What do you want? Choose today. Where do you want to go? Choose based on pattern, not by season. We're in a crazy season. Don't make any crazy decisions. Man, don't make some wild decisions right now. Just, just because we're in a crazy pandemic, just because we're in a crazy season, don't, don't go running around crazy right now. Serve God and choose according to your pattern. Now, in the Old Testament, this is how the Bible says to choose and how to build. It says God spoke to Moses and he said, I want you to build and I want you to build the tabernacle, the temple, according to the pattern I have shown you on the mountain. He says, in the place of consecration, Moses, in the place of prayer, I showed you a pattern. Now, when you come off the mountain and you get into the valley, I don't want you to forget what I showed you on the mountain. Just because you get in the valley and just because things get difficult and just because things get chaotic, don't make decisions based on the season. Make sure you make decisions based on the pattern. You ever thought about what's the pattern for your life? What are the things that God has spoken to you? What are the things that God promised you? What are those things that you journaled about? What are those things that you've held on to? In the midst of a crazy season, don't forget the thing that God promised you. Choose based on values, not by feelings. But if you're going to choose, you got to make sure that you're choosing based on your values, not on your feelings. I was driving this week uh, back from, uh, I was on my way back from the Dream Center, and uh, I, I just, I don't know what, well, I was on the phone, and I don't know what came over me, and I just pulled into the car dealership. I don't know why, it's just like the devil or something. I just pulled right in the car dealership. I pulled right up to a beautiful, brand new 2020 truck. It's all customized, lifted. I mean, just right out of the, I'm just like, this, this is right. For some reason, I just felt like it was time to buy a new truck. I just, like, I felt like it was right. I felt like, I felt it. I mean, you don't understand, I felt it. Felt goosebumps. It's a glory cloud hovering above it. I'm like, yeah, this is my truck. I got out of my, my car. I went and stood next to it. I thought, yeah, that seems right. Looked all around. I'm like, yeah. I got in my car. I think, I, I said, I think I'm going to trade my car in. I think I'm going to buy a truck. And then I stopped. Because I have certain values financially that are keeping me from making a bad decision even though I feel like making it. And I'm still struggling with it because last night I text Jamie. I said, hey, you know, I think I'm buying a new truck. She's like, oh, really? She's, and she's so sweet. She says, send me a pic. I'm like, so you're, you're, you're in? But my values restrain me from my choices. 
if you choose according to feelings, you will not get the result that you end up with. Especially in chaotic times or discouraging times, it is important that you bind yourselves to the Word of God and you bind yourself to the values that you have in your life. Choose based on promises, not on fantasies. But I see a lot of people just chasing fantasies. Get rich quick schemes, get fit quick schemes, shortcuts to everything. Shortcut to this, shortcut to that, shortcut to popularity, shortcut to influence, shortcut to wealth, shortcut. No, there's not shortcuts. It's called hard work. It's called determination. It's called diligence. It's called consistency. It's called making choices based on values. It's called making choices based on the Word of God. It's called making choices based on promises that God's given you and not on fantasies that you have dreamed up. What is God saying about your life? What is God saying about your future? What is God saying about your workplace? What is God saying about your neighbor? What is God saying about the hurt in your heart? What is God saying about the unforgiveness in your heart? What? Sometimes we don't even ask. We just say, oh, it's going to get better someday and somehow, somewhere. No, it's a fantasy. We are a product of our choices. I believe God's just going to lead me and God. No, stop. God gave you a brain. That's what God did. He gave you a brain so that you can choose. That's what Joshua said. You can make up your mind. God delivered you here, and he delivered you there, and he delivered you back then, and he delivered you again last last month and last week, and from that enemy and that enemy, you choose. Choose for yourself. Joshua said, I'm going with or without you. I have made up my mind. I am making a choice. I'm choosing the Lord. I'm choosing the Lord. Joshua lined out the elements of a true choice. And this is what I want to begin to wind down with. The elements of a true godly choice. And it has some elements that honestly might throw you off for a second. Joshua says, this is how you make a choice. He said in verse 14, he said, now fear the Lord. I think this is something that a lot of people don't talk about. The Bible, all over the Bible, it says fear God. Fear the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Fear. And we think of fear, we think of corona. We think of COVID-19. We think of the pandemic. We think of unemployment. We think of things that we're actually afraid of. But this fear is different. This fear represents reverence. Or another word that you could say, use it in, in this sentence, is you could use honor. And that word honor actually means weight. So not only do we fear God, but it's a reverence uh, you want to make good choices? Start by fearing God. Having reverence for who? Standing in awe of his power, of his greatness, of his ability. We sing about it all the time. I just don't know if we believe it. We tweet about it all the time. We put on social media all the time. I just don't know if we believe it. And Joshua says, I need you to fear the Lord. I need you to have reverence or have honor, which means give it weight, which means this. If I measure my fear of man against the, the fear of God, my fear of God is weight. It's more weighty 
than my fear of man. So I will make choices based on this weight because it, it packs a punch. It means something to me. It's reverence, recognition of God's greatness. He says, I want you to fear the Lord. And then it says this, and serve him, serve him. I like that word serve. Serve him, because I think sometimes we think Christianity is about God serving us, but it's really clear it's about serving him. It says serve him with all faithfulness. Oh, with all faithfulness. Serve him with, honestly, when was the last time you did something with all your heart? Just think about, no, I mean like all, like everything. Like you went, you went all in on something. When was the last time you went all in? So this is what Joshua is saying. He's saying, you've been a part of a lot of great things. God delivered us from Egypt. God brought us through the Red Sea. God brought us over the Jordan. God brought us into the promise. He's done a lot. I mean, come on. He has really shown himself faithful. He has been there. When have we went all in on a decision that says, no, we're going to serve? The reason that we don't make good choices a lot of times is because we haven't went all in. If we would go all in in our faithfulness to God, it would be reflected in the choices that we make. But because we've never went all in, we, sometimes we make choices for God and sometimes we make choices for ourselves. But if there is an overarching fear, reverence of God, and in our hearts there is a serving Him with all faithfulness, that's an all-in commitment. With all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Then there is another element. It's another wrinkle in the choices that we make. Because many of us right now are saying, we fear God, we have reverence for Him, and we serve Him with all faithfulness. And then it says this, and throw away other gods. Throw away other gods. Well, we're not serving any other gods. I mean, for real, like, this is Old Testament. This is Old Covenant. But what Joshua was saying to the people is that there are distractions that pull away from your all faithfulness. There are distractions that pull away from all your heart. There are other idols or gods or weight. There's other things that have weight that's weightier than God. There's things that are higher on the priority list than your commitment to God. He says, I want you to throw away other gods. And this is interesting to me as I was studying this. At every place of crossing for the children of Israel, they were encountered by different gods, different idols. They were never the same. It was different ones. When they, when they went from Egypt, it was a different god. It was all kinds of gods. In, in, the, 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 in the wilderness, they were encountered with other gods. There was gods uh, that were inherited. There were gods of family culture. There were gods of worldly influence. At each place of crossing, there was a temptation to worship a different god. And that's why Joshua said, I want you to choose. I want you to choose. Choose for yourself. I don't want you to just be a product of religion. I want you to choose for yourself. I don't want you just to be a product of a good family. I want you to choose for yourself. I don't want you to be a product of just coming to church and sitting in a seat. Now that's been taken away from us. What will you 
Choose. This is the opportunity. This is the great reset. This is not a pause. This is a resetting or being transformed by the renewing of our mind. Throw away other gods. The Bible says it says God is a jealous God. I don't know if anyone's ever been in a relationship with a jealous boyfriend or girlfriend. No, no one's going to say nothing. I don't, I don't think that would just, I don't think that would be very fun. Puts a little fear in you. Think about like, man, that is, God's jealousy is not one of nagging or annoyance. God's jealousy is the desired, the desire for a fully committed heart. God's jealousy does not burn so that God can be fulfilled. God's jealousy burns so that we can be fulfilled. Because God knows that if our heart is divided, then we will never really commit to him and never be fulfilled in him. A house divided against itself cannot stand. The reason we have ended up in some of the places we have ended up is because we have never went all in with God. And we've never thrown away the gods. You know what, you know what our gods are in 2020? Plan B. I'm gonna serve God, and you know, I'm I'm all in on this thing, but that doesn't work out. Gods in 2020 are busyness. Can I please challenge you? Don't go back to the busy life that you had before quarantine started. Reset. Don't go back to the rat race. Reset. Don't go back to the anxious neurological pathways, reset. Don't go back to the places of compromise and temptation, reset. Don't go back to depression and discouragement, reset. I know what you're saying, it's easier said than done, but I'm gonna encourage you with this, that you can be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If you change the way that you think, you will change the way that you live. In fact, your actions are a manifestations, a manifestation of your thoughts. Joshua made a decision, verse 15b, the second part of that scripture, but as for me and my household, we will serve, or we could say this, we will choose the Lord. We'll choose the Lord. If no one else was pressuring you, would you choose the Lord? If nobody was preaching to you, would you choose the Lord? If there wasn't a pandemic, would you choose the Lord? Without the stress, would you choose the Lord? Without your life crashing and burning, would you choose the Lord? I read commentary this week. said the English uses a future tense here, but the Hebrew tense has a fuller meaning. It expresses continuous action. It involves the future but it can also point to the past. Joshua was one undoubtedly affirming, I have chosen and I will choose. That's the posture of a man of God. That's the posture of a woman of God. Not that I hope to choose, but I have chosen and I will choose. Yesterday, today, and forever. My mind is made up. Come hell or high water. Come pandemic or crisis. Come good times or bad times. I have made 
up my mind. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I made a decision. I made a choice. I made a choice yesterday, and I'll make a choice tomorrow. I am choosing God. I fear him. I honor him. I serve him with all faithfulness. I throw away every distraction and every other God, and I choose. I choose. Guys, I need you to hear me. It's a choice. It's a choice that says, God, you're worth it. It's a choice that says, God, I choose you. Man, I'm so, I'm so upset with my life, Pastor. I'm so discouraged in my life. What are you choosing? What are you choosing? You're saying this is my fault. No, you, can't, you cannot control what life, what happens in life, what life does to you. You can't control the situations that you face. The only thing you can control is the choices that you make in them and after them. Joshua had been through some things. In fact, Joshua was standing on the edge of the promised land, about to pass in with a word from the Lord that says we can take the land, and other people said we can't do it. And for 40 years, Joshua had to leave his promise and had to wander. He's wandering for 40 more years. How did he not get bitter? How did he not resent all the naysayers? How did he not get angry at God for not letting him in? Well, 40 years later, he's there and his choice is still the same. Choices don't just pop up all of a sudden. Joshua chose when he was a nobody and he chose when he was a somebody. Joshua chose when he was a follower and Joshua chose when he was a leader. Joshua chose when he wasn't speaking and he chose when he was speaking. Joshua chose when no one knew his name and Joshua chose when everyone knew his name. I'm telling you, we've got to break down our life into the choices that we make. This right now is the opportunity for a reset. And nobody gets a reset. Nobody gets a chance to reset your life. And we've gotten a chance. And we can be mad about it. We can complain about it. But I believe God's given us an opportunity and a gift to reset our lives. I'm not pausing. Because to pause means I'm going to continue where I left off. I'm resetting. I'm not going back to the way things were. I'm not going back to what I used to be. I, like Paul, say I'm going to forget what is behind and I'm going to strain towards what is ahead. I've made up my mind. I've made a decision. I'm going with God. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As Church 1132, we have made a decision. We will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. I wrote this down in my journal this week. I was taking some notes and I wrote this down. A reset isn't an inconvenience. It's an opportunity. I believe for each of us, we have a God-given opportunity. And if you don't like the results of your choices, it's probably because your choices have involved you somewhere, involved feelings, involved fantasies. And I want to encourage you and drive you back to the most important choice of your life, which is choosing and putting God above every other thing. The greatest reset you could ever have in your life is the reset that says, Jesus, I'm going to put you at the top. I'm going to put you at the highest priority. I'm going to put you at the center of my life. 
I know we got people watching from all over, and I want you to know this. Is that we are a product of our choices, but by the grace of God, what has been our past season doesn't have to be our future season. What has been past chapters doesn't have to be the conclusion of the book of our life. In fact, God gives us a brand new start and an opportunity for a reset. And you might be watching, you've been serving God for years and you need a reset. I'm going to tell you that you can be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That God is going to give you a fresh playing field and fresh opportunity to choose for your future who you're going to serve. There's a blessing that comes from the choices of our life that choose him. This is what Matthew says. It says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. There's a reward that comes from the right choice. And when I choose him first, everything else comes as a result.